at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. All right. Is this okay? It's happening. Yes. Yes. You guys, how's your, how's your sound? I can hear you. We're live. We're live. Yes. Okay. You can hear, you can hear me. I can hear you. We're filming. The phone I brought to film is not turned on yet, but we, I am filming. All right. We're good. It's not on. I can see it. Is that a different phone? That's my, that's my burner phone. That's just my old phone. And that's my new phone. I try not to record on my new phone for what, who knows what reason. Some sort of strange idea of phone hygiene. Um, but you don't like the, the data getting contaminated. It's like a lot of de- data to record for a whole hour, of sure. which I'll yeah. use a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I record the whole show to, to get a minute long clip. I have been posting the full episodes, though. Yeah. The last yeah. few full episodes I've been posting of No Suggestion, an Ooh. improv comedy talk show. I'm Ralph Jean Pierre. We got co host Jake Joseph here. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And we got our special guest. A, a, an old buddy of mine, an old friend, one of my favorite improvisers in, the, in New York City. We got Chris Roberti in the house. I yeah. Thank you. thank you. Yeah. Glad to have you. Chris, you're a poet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, is that, um, would that be the first, what do you call that? A, a, a label or a category you'd put yourself? What would you say you are first? Oh man, soldier. Um, I think I'm a dad. Yeah, number one. And then I would just put, you know, artist or somebody who likes to play. Poet is really down on the, uh, has really been moved to the back now. Okay, but I, you know, I think it's that the poetry was the first kind of um art form that I kind of played with in college. And then from there, when I came to New York, I was like, I saw some improv and I was like, oh, this is like more fun. Oh, uh, so interesting. That's, that's, I, my favorite part of poetry was the performance anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh. But I could still write a poem if I needed to, if, if the government needed me to. Yeah, yeah. I could write we'll, now, if they needed yeah. like a poetry division. Right. Um, yeah, I do. It's something I, I don't know why it's something I've thought about uh, uh, off and on all my life is that, you know, why I've uh, several reasons I've thought of it, but poetry, I think, in the modern world can be sort of like a uh, a, a dead, a kind of a passive thing. Mm. It's not as active as it feels like it could be or should be, which is probably one of the reasons why hip hop and song and musicians are, and songwriters are so powerful because they like in some ways can activate poetry in a way that maybe is what slam poetry aspired to or or why it is the way way it is but like it's odd to me sometimes that poetry is like doesn't feel as active as it could be i I think there's a lot of bad poetry like any art there's a lot of bad um examples but I think like a good, what I like about poetry is like it's sort of the shape of a thought or it could be the shape of very some easy for our brain to like hold. I mean, not necessarily epic poems, but. Somebody's playing some big Travis Scott outside. Mm-hmm. I saw, I was just in Times Square. I told uh, Ralph and Jake that I was just at Sardi's. Mm. I had never been to Sardi's before. Oh, you haven't? Um, wow. That's the place, if you don't know, for our listeners outside of New York City. 
where all the actors get uh, caricatures drawn and they they go on the walls. Gotcha. Um, and it was great. I really loved all the food. I wasn't paying. Nice. Um, I had a Negroni. Very good. It's my favorite drink. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. If you go to Sardi's, get the Negroni. All right. I'll have to do that. And on the way out, there was a man who I will call Spider-Man because he was calling himself Spider-Man mm-hmm. and his license plate was Spider-Man. Whoa. And Was he, he in a costume? No. This is very interesting. <laughs> Did the car look like Spider-Man? Well, it was one of those cars that has two wheels in the front and one wheel in the back. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it looks kind of like a go-kart. Do you know how yeah, you've seen yeah. this around? And he was playing that. Um, that one. Let me clear, clear my oh, throat. Oh, mm-hmm. Super loud again and again. People were coming to take pictures with him. It was like bumper to bumper traffic, Times Square. Like we got out of Sardis. He walked, you know, he was like slowly rolling by, blaring music. Ten minutes later, I rode my bike down 44th Street to the intersection of 44th and Broadway or Times Square. And he was parked in the crosswalk (laughs) as thousands of people are walking by. And a bunch of them were just like taking pictures with the guy. Hey, yo, 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 y'all move back. Y'all move back. Watch out, watch out, watch out. That's my man. That's my man right there. That's my man. You watch out. You ain't got no business right here. That's well, my hold man. I just want to go to Bubba Gump. Hey, watch out, because that's my man, okay? My, I'm, that's my homie right there. That That's Spidey. I'm here with my family. <laughs> We've come from America's heartland to get some Bubba what Gump. What state? There's a lot of states that comprise the heartland. Well, guess, if I had, if you were to put a heart on America, where would we be? From? Look at these rings. Okay, okay. You probably, <laughs> you probably, you probably, you probably, you look, you, 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 you white, you white, yeah, you white, I'm you white. white, you white, your whole family, your whole My family. Whole family, yeah. You got three kids. Yeah. You got a wife. Well, two kids, two white kids, and then one of my white kids' white friends. Okay, that from Little League. Okay, I'm sorry to assume. You no, never that's know. that makes sense. We all look alike. You never know. Okay, I see you, you got you ain't got no elders with you. Okay, so that might that might make me go a different way. Okay, I was gonna say like Nebraska, but that's no, that's a that's, good. that's very yeah. that's very traditional values yeah. in Nebraska. But you don't have no elderly people. You probably got them in a home somewhere. So okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. You probably you probably uh, you probably uh, you probably um, you probably Arizona. Yes. <laughs> Wow, you're good. Watch out for Spidey. Yeah. Look at them rings. Look, look I'll uh, I'll take it. I'll take it a bubble gum. Spidey but, speaks. Oh, yeah. But oh, shoot. if you were gonna go there, yeah. I'm gonna leash you guys up like huskies, and you guys okay. are gonna pull my car through. Yeah, through yeah. Broadway. Come All on, right. Now. I mean, my you wife. See, see, my is car is like the shape sickly. of a sled. I see it. It's amazing. Yeah. You, I'm now. If I may, your children and your t-ball friend look like thick stock. I bet they can pull this thing. They're from put Arizona. Into- yeah, yeah. we've got Arizona kind of, you know, muscles and sensibilities. They yeah. could, they've pulled machinery before. I, w- I would have thought Spider-Man drove. I don't know. This is Spidey. This ain't Spidey. This is Spidey. Than- Spidey. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not Spider-Man. I'm right. Spidey. I'm, Spidey. I'm famous E's. for approximating Spider-Man. And in which, which way would um, the sled approximate? Spider-Man. Oh, just like the the you know, like how he shoots webbing the strings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get it. You know how he like he'll like shoot a, a web. <laughs> These kids are hungry. They want a then... breakfast biscuit. I carry breakfast biscuits. They we'll want... have one. How much? It's free, man. Yeah, it's oh, free. You gonna pull a? Let you me... gonna pull a? a 
you're gonna pull a cart like a sled. So yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. This is sort of our our payment. Well, let me tip the, you. One of those Belvitas. Look, I put oh, a, I love a Belvita. I put a sidecar on my vehicle for left shoe over here. I'm left shoe. And nice. uh, we put a little griddle in the front. All right. Uh, he's got a little breakfast making station. All right. Well, let's go, kids. Um, pull pull this gentleman's sled. All right, yeah. y'all back up. I'll back up. All the civilians back up. Spidey is coming through. We're going. We're not really going to strap the children in. They're just going to walk around because we're not. All right. They is, could. Listen, hold on. Let me call. Let Look, me it's call really Daniel's gonna be... mom just to check. It's if for we show. Stra- I think they could do it. I, I. You know, we came to Times Square. What do you think, kids? Do you want to pull it? Hey, they want to pull this it. This is about pageantry. All right. You know, New York. This is yeah. about pageantry. I'm sorry. It's the image. We're not some sort of slave driver. I thought it was yeah. more of a hustling town than a pageantry. No, this is a pageantry town. Why do you think I'm in this vehicle? Why do you think I have left shoe? There's a lot I've seen so far that I don't understand. I'm a foreigner to your ways in New York. I'm from Arizona, land of uh, the sun. We own a tenement building. (laughs) See? Left shoe. Now is left shoe a character that has come back that came out so easily? Never, no, I don't know. Wow. I'm just like, what's the name for a sidekick? <laughs> That's great. Okay, I didn't explain the format of the show, but I felt like you would be fine. Jake okay. mentioned. Oh, you mentioned. Okay, yeah. yeah. We'll just we'll jump in and out right. of of scenes, and it'll happen. Darn it! I thought you were coming in the cold, which was very exciting to me. Darn it! I would have. You would have done the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's basically uh, we'll do sometimes some improv. And we'll we'll talk about whatever life is happening. You your oldest is is Hawk, Hawk right? Um, is that okay to say? Or, yeah, mean, she, it's already she, happened. She's not listening. She's listening. okay. Um, yeah, we just doxed your child, and I, I, <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. I hope but your child Hawk is, is like okay with that. Maybe five or yeah, she'll be six in October. I'm only thinking about that because did you feel it instantly? Did you feel it instantly? And maybe it was while your uh, wife was Re- Rebecca. Rebecca, yeah. yes, lovely lady. Um, did you feel instantly like, oh, my title? I am dad first now. Did you? Did that happen instantly, or is it something that happened gradually? I, um, maybe instantly. I remember, like, while my wife was in labor, it was a like a she had to be induced because she was like late. Mm-hmm. you know whatever the doctors want to like get it done mm. um but that caused her to kind of have like kind of painful contractions for a long time mm. and i was like at a certain point i realized and like they would just leave us in the room you know it would just be like me and her for a long time <laughs> and i was like oh i'm the guy that has to whatever you know like hold her or help her and i thought that was a moment of like no one is going to come and tell me you can do this now or you should do this now. It was a voice inside of myself like you're the person who has to do it now. So I think that sort of was my own kind of rebirth. Wow. Um, that's yeah, huge. That is cool. Yeah. I was, you know, I had a lot of anxiety before Hawk was born. Um, and as soon as that, as soon as she was born, all of that anxiety turned into love, um, which was a, you know, a profound moment of course yeah um but yeah i think that that was like like a lot of times when people would tell me oh like you'll know life changes or you'll know something it hasn't happened but that was one time that it really did for me wow. and i think you know it's different for everyone but that was just 
kind of a yeah no it sounds like a, a truly just the way that you described it like anxiety just turned to love yeah. so that seems so i don't know like saying that like white turns to black or something yeah. like that yeah yeah it was it was pretty magical yeah it's unreal i i've i i cannot relate cuz i haven't had that experience but it does i have heard people give their accounts that feel similar yeah you know and oh goodness yeah that, that makes so much sense to me at least oh 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 Oh, do you, did it make you, did that experience also give you a different relationship to your own anxiety? Um, I don't know. I, I, I would say no, because it's not a clear, it's not as clear as your other question. So, um, probably not. Of course, like a lot about for me being a parent is just being absolutely, um, destroyed <laughs> psychologically and you know ego wise so that's probably good that's good for some people some of the time mm. um but yeah i don't yeah i don't know i i can't tell about my, my anxiety yeah i can't feel it right now which is good but that's beautiful um, uh, it sounds like it's there because the way that you describe parenthood is it being psychologically destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> but it is like once everything has just been like burned. Uh, one of the ways, you know, in Terminator 2, Judgment wow. Day, where Linda Hamilton has her dream and she's holding on to um, the chain link fence mm -hmm. and the bomb goes off and her flesh is all like, blown off of mm -hmm. her body and yeah. she's just a skeleton that's kind of like parenthood i think for me <laughs> you're I, just only left to your bones yeah you're kind of really just denuded to you know is it because of the challenges of parenthood or was is it just like oh you never expected to have these experiences it's just or exhausting i mean it yeah. really is in a way that do you have children no in a way that i can't I'm, we a, are children. I'm I'm speaking a different language. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean it's in no way is it better or worse. It's just a constant need of you. Yeah. No, of I your time, of your attention, of your space. Um it's just all taken away. And I I don't begrudge that. It's I love getting to be a dad for these two people. Um but it's absolutely no, I can totally understand what you're saying now. Like it's not, like the way that you describe it is like, oh, I had my time, my energy, my space all <laughs> cleaved away from yeah. me, and now I just have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's so interesting because we do. I'm fascinated by parenthood. I really have always wanted to be a parent. Yeah, it's quite painful to think about, actually. But if it happens, you will be a great parent. I hope so. Jake, um, I don't know you as well, but you seem okay. You seem. I don't want children. All right. And that's best for Probably the children. The yeah. Yeah. The, um, oh, fuck. What was, what was the thought I just had? It left. Ah, it was that. You said you don't have children. I don't have them. But you always wanted them. Oh, because we become so, we have such propriety around our space, our time, or, and then, but I've always had a suspicion that it's like, like, those aren't the important things, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. So once the, once you have to divest yourselves of those, I, does it change your relationship to those? Like, because those are 
big things. Just a, a lot of people would say, that's me. That's what I have. That's what I own. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think like, again, uh, I can't even conceive of it now. And it's just like every, you know, there's like the dad joke, whatever trope. And the reason that dad jokes are bad is because your audience is stupid. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to make them laugh in a way. And so you degrade yourself. And then at a certain point, they're like, oh, that's not funny anymore. It's like, I used to be really clever and funny. Mm. I used to be able to like talk to people. <laughs> and now I've dumped all of that information so I could make you happy. Um, George, uh, this is embarrassing. I, I No, stop no, Stop shaking no. your keys, please. I w- well, I, here, hold on. I had, I've just got a new one. I got a new mailbox key. And I just came over to ask you if you'd like some caviar. And, um, oh, I've got some caviar right behind your ear. George. Jacques, is this, uh, is this who you wanted to introduce me to? Yes. Um, oh, hello. George, this is my lover, Pierre. Pull my finger. Don't. Do it. Don't uh, pull it. Here. I'll, I mean, if he asks, he asks so politely. He's from Belgium. He doesn't understand. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I, I thought this man's flatulence was a little entertaining. Pierre, you there don't you have go. to do that. We've invited you to our chateau for dinner. It is beautiful. Here. You are wearing overalls. I almost chateaued myself <laughs> on the way here. <laughs> this man is a riot. Oh. <laughs> the Belgians love me. Yeah. George, we studied in... The, in the Riviera together, you used to be a man of such culture, and, and now Those I don't understand days you. Are behind me. The only culture I am is a gogurt. Uh, would you like oh, a gogurt? That was clever. That is clever. Oh my god! I've got my cleverness. I've I've lost a lot of my. We have rosé, Pierre. Don't drink a gogurt. Oh, you don't need rosé. Um, it tastes like yogurt and blue raspberry flavoring. Pierre. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, where'd they go? This man is a magician. You're, I love him. You're, you're just debasing my fiance. Let him. He's a man of letters. Well, listen, I'm grateful to be here. I have not a lot of time away from you know my kids, and I just did want to get a little vacation in. Oh well, you know, uh, our chateau is is welcome to you. You know, today's a black tie event, but we'll we'll, we'll make an exception. You can come in your overalls. Oh, and... I've got black tie. I've tied my shoes black tied. Oh, oh yeah. My you... laces are black. Oh, that is know. true. That is true. You know what? Let's just invite him inside. He I think he'll entertain you know the Duke of Monaco and this man wrote a thousand page thesis on Chaucer. Yeah. I, I had my priorities all screwed up then. Reading books, trying to engage with the, uh, the arts, you know, the culture, arts, the, in- the mm. eternal conversation of literature. Yes. yes. Uh, you know, this is what we used to do. Spending yeah. time yeah. with the muses, yeah. mm. drinking a bottle of wine, mm. writing a poem, group masturbation. That all had its place in my past. These are all. So he's the one from the Vinci. Riviera trip that you were talking yes. about. Okay. I see. All- yeah. I had All some grew kids. And blossomed. We had, we did, there was a lot of blossoming. Sometimes two or three times a day. Um, wow. Now, I, the good old days, like the ones you talk about. We, we, we get all, our refractory period gets longer and longer. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. But what I'm saying is I had kids, and that turned my world upside down. Instead of the tales of Chaucer... Don't pick up Pierre by his ankles. Please put him down. <laughs> How do you like that? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Please. You're my broom. You're my broom. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's super fun. Well, I, I'm so... Oh, I don't know anything about... It's so funny because we were trying to recount earlier how long we've known each other. I know, yeah. I want to say I've been in New York, I think, I think from 20, 2007. That's been about 16 years. I'm from here, but i moving back after college. It's about 16 years. I At the latest, I met you in 2009. So that's like 14 years. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That is so wild. Um, and I, but I think... I'm not sure, but I kind of feel like I don't really... I think I know you went to college for writing or for English. Yeah, yeah, for undergrad. But I don't know your... How did you even get to acting and improv and doing some clown and then filmmaking? You, you've done you've done a ton of stuff, which you haven't yeah. touched on yet, but how, do, how did I, that happen? You know, I had a very bad experience with acting in eighth grade. I was in... um not AP, honors. It was honors English or something. Mm-hmm. And my teacher um, had us all like do Shakespeare, right? And she was where like, is, Where is this and what's the teacher's name? Miss Chin. Okay. And she was like a young, like, she was like, oh, this is how you'll have to do in high school. And we would be like, well, we're not in high school. You know, let us just be in eighth grade. It was kind of like that. What state is this? New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, are you from New Jersey? Yeah, man. I never knew this. Whereabouts in Jersey? Central Jersey, um, okay. near Great Adventure. Okay, cool. Millstone. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Millstone, New Jersey. Okay. And, but, so I had, I was like Brutus, I think, in one scene, <laughs> and I was Shylock in another scene. Wow. And so we got the scenes, and she would just be like, all right you know study and like i i wasn't a good homework doer um i had no there was no education on like how to learn lines yeah so the show came and i didn't know anything it was a nightmare (laughs) and i had like written them down so i like when i was shylock i was like oh i have this piece of paper that i it was off it was mortifying i felt so bad and it just totally put me off acting and even I don't know if that was it, but for the arts for a while, I was more like a sports, sports boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in college, I liked writing, and so I was like, oh, "I'll be a." At first, I wanted to be like a social sciences guy, like a sociology guy, mm-hmm. because I think I had a sense of justice and self righteousness. <laughs> um, and then I took a year off, and I went back. I was helping teach like a fifth grade and a second grade. And it made me love math and it made me love the arts. So when I came back, I declared English as a major and I started getting involved with, well, I was an RA, mm-hmm. which is sort of a shame <laughs> to me, personal shame. And I got fired from being an RA. And I was exiled to the top of the oldest dorm in the, I went to Muhlenberg College. And I started like doing like dance. I started doing like, black box stuff uh, but i in my in my head i was like too late for the actor you know i i'd, I'd arrived too late 
this is a this is a theme in my life i'm realizing but i, I was like oh, i was i wish i would have started you know the theater stuff earlier so then i i don't know what i did next i i moved to boston and i was having a miserable time teaching and so i it's like the way that i could have a better time is like create um kind of like an onion for middle school so so i i i made like a satirical newspaper that basically like made fun of me and teachers for like these middle school kids and that kind of in a lot of ways saved my sanity and that was like oh i like comedy and then i moved to new york city and my friend had just started taking classes at the pit and I went there and I was like, oh, I wish I could do this. And then I started doing it. That kind of sent me on that. I got, okay, I got a ton of questions. One is, <laughs> what was it about being exiled to the this tower at the top of this yeah. old dorm that led you into the arts? Is it, you, was it the isolation? You weren't I, allowed to do the other majors? Well, I think, no, I thought it was like, well, I'm free in a way, right? Okay, it was gotcha. like, it, for whatever, it was me as the rule enforcer getting to be free and like that's something i wish i could go back to college and just like make out with more people and do more drugs and just be free Mm. and i was still dismantling and and i still am whatever the cop in my head or the parent in my head or the should you should do this or this is how you're supposed to be um and so for that it was like oh i can you know i want to play and so that that kind of was an avenue i think for that and i really admired the people who were doing that and i was drawn to that i mean there's so much there is i i definitely um it's come up so much lately uh for me i think it's come up a few times on this podcast which is fine i think it's nice that when there's there's themes on a podcast that people come up like over to and over. notice your inner workings and yeah. you're working through stuff i like that it's so that you it's like a running you know that's good that's good. I have a central. I have movies in my life, like we all do, that are central to me. One of the biggest ones is Hook. Mm. Hook is probably the reason I'm an actor. Yeah, because I I saw a definitely my it's definitely my connection to improv and and clown because I saw that movie and I'm like nine years old. And I'm watching it and Robin Williams is like however old he is, probably like 40 something or, or late 30s, early 40s. I bet he's probably younger than we think, but yeah. God, I didn't even want to think about it. <laughs> but so, and I'm watching that movie at like nine years old. And I remember consciously thinking, oh, he's probably an older man, but I believe that he's a 10 year old boy. Whoa. I believe it. I remember thinking, I believe it and I know he, that he's not, but I believe it. And then I realized in that moment, oh, I never have to grow up. Wow. That, oh, that's even funnier that you're watching Peter Pan while that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I realized that and I thought that I go, oh, I never have to grow up. I can, I can play for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then so like when improv showed up in my life, that was like sort of like a tangible, like, yes, yeah. I can do, I can just play. Nobody can stop me from playing. Um, so I very much relate to that, like that, like, it is an odd, interesting thing to be like, I, I, I want to play forever. I always want yeah. to play. I think that's even a line in a Peter Pan movie. Or I always want to play. I always want to have fun, you know? Yeah. Um, Something that I've been talking about a lot, like when I teach, is that play is like serious. Like play is older than humans. 
animals play, right? To learn and to like build trust and to repair trust, um, and to heal, you know, and I, I think like it's been, I was just talking to people today and they were like, you know, well, how do we manage like making money and, and doing art? And it's like this thing of like people who are really rich or the children of rich people, they, they're artists because like, uh, left to our own devices, we are like endlessly creative beings. Mm. And that's what we would want to do. There's like a lot of, uh, like anthropological studies of like what did, you know, people do in like prehistoric societies or societies yeah. before kind of like we had labor and stuff like that. And a lot of people actually just spent their time making art. Yeah. Yeah. I think like in societies that have more free time, it's a lot of storytelling. Yeah. Dance. You know, dance, yeah. art is indistinguishable or in whatever. There's maybe not like now I am doing art. But yeah. It's used yeah. into the, you know, the fabric of, mm-hmm. of life. Um, did you it, have a movie that uh, was like a artistic inspiration? Yeah, um, or a li- just a life inspiration. Let me think about that. Um, or a or a book or a poem. could have been a book. I I will say like I think my all time favorite piece of media is the TV show Community. Um, and I think I so it's about you know for. People that haven't seen it, please go watch it. Uh, it's amazing. I've never seen. I think an uh, episode of Community. Uh, if you if you like improv and yeah. like you'll like Community. Uh, and um, it, I started watching. So it's about these people that come to a community college, mm-hmm. uh, and all of them. Uh, kind of the central thesis of this show is that all of them come there uh, as people that like end up in community college. No, like offense to them, but like he was kind of he was in community college as an adult taking these classes for uh, Dan Harmon, who is, I'm talking about the writer of the show, um, and met all these interesting people that came to community college because it's like a, it's an interesting place. It's like a, that people end up in. Um, and all of his characters are all people that had their life shatter in some sort of like really profound way. Mm-hmm. And as a response to that, they end up in this community college. And then uh, kind of the central thesis of this show is that, you know, even though you might feel isolated and broken kind of as it by yourself, if you build you put in the effort to like build family and community like everybody's can help heal each other and be mm. okay with each other uh and i i started watching that as i was going to college and um i think my college years were not happy years for me so i was kind of i think i it took me a long time to like watch that show and then realize like oh this is actually more to me it means a lot more to me than like a just a stupid show joke yeah. like there's a lot of lessons that i really should be learning from this and i think i may have if i had paid attention and learned them i probably would have had a better time in college and stuff yeah. like that so I'm, yeah i'm really sorry i don't have a dollar uh and i don't i don't think i have time to listen to a story i'm so sorry come on please please i don't really have the time i i'm sorry i don't i don't have any change um, there's a lot of trap well, subway what kind of pants tra- what kind of pants are those they look like uh cotton dockers that's a really that's that's a sharp guess that's what they're they're cotton all right. dockers all right um I'm, I'm no sorry. easy way to say this. Can I have your pants? <laughs> it's hey buddy, it's seven fifty one in the morning. I got a long commute to get. Let to me come my, where are you going? I'm going to my job. I nice. work in an office. An office? Yeah. Whoa. What um let me guess. Uh your customer service. All right. That's a really good Am I right? Yes. I'm sorry we're blocking the way, sir. Please don't I I I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh, actually, actually, excuse me. Do you have a 
do you have a dollar and I can t- tell you a story? Hold on. You, you, now, just, you work you, in the... Su- you just... I got here first. Oh, okay. Do you also right. work in the subway? Well, I, I'm doing my work in the subway. Am I paid by the MTA? <laughs> no. This gentleman, I'm assuming, is paid by the MTA. I am paid by the MTA, but I'm also an artist. He's trying to am... poach my work. Now, Stephen, I, I like hanging out with you. Hey, no, I'm just a free-spirited artist I didn't being inspired by another artist. Am I the artist that inspired you? Maybe. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, I was just trying to talk to this guy in Cotton Dockers, and I was close to guessing. You guess. Now, my guess was customer service, and he I seem to have touched a nerve. Mm-hmm. If you get it right, you have to take both Stephen and me into the subway, and then we'll continue. If we continue to impress you, eventually we will, like, become roommates but that's down the line that's if we get a lot of questions right all right hold on on. let me let me guess you work here so i'm not swiping you in um what are you gonna guess Guess his profession i I think uh so you work in customer service uh and you you work on the second floor but you take the stairs every day because you don't like to you could think just as well without pressing i was gonna say steven you don't have to put the fingers on your temple but if it makes you feel better you can do it i i kind of like it it's but Isn't this have, art? Isn't this performance? I is. thought I was yeah, but you be... got to think this is like our critique. This is, we're colleagues. Look, 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 I'm not actually thinking when I'm doing that. I just want you guys to okay. believe that oh, I am. That's thinking. what's happening. Yeah, Does it it help focus you. There's some sort of somatic uh, thing that's happening that helps. Focus no, I'm you. just uh, I'm I'm channeling my inner storyteller. I like and that. my inner storyteller knows that you don't you don't take the elevator. You take the stairs. Is he right? When we get to my stop, nice. we have to separate, yeah. okay? <laughs> so, you don't have a dollar for us, yet you wear cotton dockers and walk up two, one flight, I guess, from the first floor to the second floor. I don't want You're move- in customer service. Yes. I don't want to move past the, 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 the fact that you also asked me for my pants, which is <laughs> very unreasonable. I asked. I didn't take. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thankful Look, for that. You'd be Look, surprised. there are no rules on the subway that stop anybody for asking for Somebody's and Stephen works for the subway. He knows. Yeah, the I rules. know these rules. Yeah. First rule of the subway is: don't look. <laughs> Excuse me. Second rule of the subway: don't fall. Don't look. Don't fall. You could fall, right? As long as you were looking. But if you don't look, that's the first. That should. That's number one. Don't look. Don't fall. And number three. These are all common knowledge rules of the subway. But what's the third rule? I don't know. Common knowledge is not. As common as we would like to think. Yes, that's true. Just because you're underground doesn't mean gravity doesn't work here. A lot of people come here thinking they're just going to float around. I didn't know that one. There you go. Everybody thinks that the subway is kind of pulled by some anti-gravity thing, some magnets. Nah. I Good old American I'm sure that when I jump down here, I'm in in the air a little bit longer than normal. Because I think it's because there's a there's a manipulation of gravity that's happening. No, that's it looks like somebody's becoming a storyteller. Wow, you guys! I just I have to get to my customer service job, okay? And I got a lot of stairs to walk. I I just well, we'll walk with you. This is a nice yeah. building. You know, most of the most of the subway stuff I'm is on the seventeenth floor. Wait, what was you were off? You were off by fifteen. I was off by fifteen floors. That's wild. wow. Wow. Mm. Okay. I'm mm. gonna. You know what? Mm. I'm. Mm. I'm gonna just take off my MTA hoodie, and uh, they don't need me for today. They don't need me. Tied around your waist. Yeah. Because you don't want to lose that. That's a high quality hoodie. You get a those the bumblebee striped shirt. 
It is. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice. I like to wear a lot of fashion underneath my MTA uniform. Just uh I really admire the way you guys express yourself and seek to express yourself. I I'm just gonna stop right here in the middle of the stairwell. I don't like my job. All right, there it is. There we go. I don't know why I was in such a rush to get here. I mm-hmm. guess there's there's consequences to being late, but you both feel so alive to me, and I don't know. Uh, I'd say there's consequences to being on time. You're giving too. me a dollar? Yeah. You're the storyteller now. Do I give this dollar to you now? I mean, if you want to. <laughs> Only if he I'll earns it. it. This feels, it's a dollar your pants. This feels like, this feels like what this give is Give us all your pants. <laughs> Oh, that was so fun. What a yeah. great surprise. Good little hustle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me read this thing. Hey, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. Thanks for listening. We love you. Uh, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. Can I read some? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm on the fourth, public art, the third line of the second part. Okay, public art. I don't see that anywhere. In the, in the second paragraph. All right, Radio Free... Public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like altogether you. Every dollar. Now this is timely. Every dollar helps wow. us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a five hundred one c three star. Someone has drawn a star in there. If that's good. Nonprofit organization. So all contributions are tax deductible. Radio Free Brooklyn also accepts pants in lieu of dollars. Yep. So, yeah. We have a pants bin. If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone, Android, available the App Store, iPhone, or Google Play Store for Android. That, that, that's about it. I don't do the whole thing. I only do little okay. parts of it. That's good. That's nice. So you're, uh, so the other thing, uh, a, a thing we have in common, did you ever study UCB? I studied, yes. Okay. level. I did 101 there. Okay. And I did a sketch writing class there. Okay, okay. I so it's very I'm it's not completely true because I was on an indie team for a long time that was coached by Sean Taylor of the Magnet and Sean Wickens, who were both Magnet guys, but also Sean was a pit guy, and they both right. I think studied at UCB. Yeah, but of my generation, I'm like one of very few people who not only that never studied at UCB, but I'm only a besides my indie team only a pit baby, only pit is what I studied. I'm, squarely pit i mean there's some kind of fine print underneath that yeah yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all it's birth all certificate it's all yeah how do you think that um shapes you i mean this i is, mean i would also consider myself i when i took 101 it was i was it was ago. you know i had been teaching at the pit for probably five or six years so it wasn't formative it was I, fun oh, okay i've i agree i believe you i don't know i'm not gonna say i agree but i believe you this Whoa. is uh, because I, I how could I you agree? agree? You weren't there exactly. Okay. Um, I how do I think that is for me? Well, one. So this show you mentioned Kevin Scott earlier. Yeah. I you probably heard me say this. I think Centralia is the greatest improv team mm. on the planet. I think they're the best. I love them. Um, this show, no suggestion is named for them because they don't mm. take a suggestion. Um, I don't think a group. At least in New York, like Centralia could exist in any of the other theaters. Yeah. It can only really exist at the pit. Yeah. I think the pit 
<laughs> I think, I think that I'm talking about the old world. Yeah. This new world that we're in. But in the old world, the UCB is like the Apple store. Yeah. <laughs> the magnet is like, um, <laughs> the Ellen show. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Given all we know about that world now. <laughs> I think the pit was really like um it it, it was like the show community just mm-hmm. like a community college yeah just like where it but is it like a, a a good one but still a community college meaning you're only going to get out of it what you put into it yeah if you put a lot into it I feel you'll get out a lot out of it and if you don't put a lot into it it's very easy to do cuz nobody's paying attention yeah. to it <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of a free for all yeah I remember I tell the story a lot. One time I went to the Magnet to, to see a friend's class show. This is when they just opened their rehearsal center. Mm-hmm. Somebody will report this story to them, but I want them to hear it. Um, at, at that rehearsal center that they don't have anymore. Like in Koreatown? Exactly. Yeah. And I wrote, and I went to the, the, the actual Magnet by accident, so I showed up late, and I'm sweaty, and I carried my bike up the stairs because it's very busy on that street. I couldn't yeah. find a place to lock my bike. And um, I, I walk in. The... the Training center is brand new. There's nothing in there. Uh-huh. And I go, hey, is there a room I could just tuck my bike in real fast? Got to run in my friend's show. Of course, you know, class shows, they split the class in a half. So I don't know which half my friend is in. I could m- miss her half. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, could I please just tuck my bike somewhere? I'll put it anywhere you want me to put it. Sorry, could you lock it outside? We just don't allow. Like, there's, there's nothing here. Yeah. No one's in here. There's only people in there. Yeah. Yeah. If you could just lock it outside. That to me is the magnet. Hmm. That is the. Full That's interesting. I don't. I really don't have a sense of of the magnet. There, they build terrific improvisers. I know they're known for musical yeah. improv, but I think in general they build terrific yeah. improvisers all together. But I do get that sense whenever I'm there. Hmm. It's a little bit of that culture. This yeah. is the old world. Yeah. Maybe it's different now. Yeah. But this is the pre-pandemic world. Now, uh, uh, UCB. They didn't even want you to have a bike. They want you to have a Ferrari. But, <laughs> but the pit, I feel like I could have walked into the love bar and just placed my bike on the floor yeah. and they'd be like, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That is, and, and I love that. I yeah. think, and to finally answer your question, what I think is true about the pit is that compared to the UCB or the magnet, the lows are lower. When, when something is bad at the pit, it's really bad, yeah. but the highs are also much higher. Yeah. I think you can hit the sublime at the at the pit in the old world. I think you could hit the yeah. sublime there in terms of skill and quality of work mm. and kind of shows you can make more readily there than you could at the other places. I did like that. It did feel like you if you had the hour or whatever, you could go anywhere. Yeah. Um and I I you know, I I if I had a theater, which I don't want and but it would be like that would be my training that anything could happen. Like that would be the log line that the audience would know when you're going into a show and we would train performers to be able to follow any instinct or impulse. Mm. Um, but I did like that. I like that feeling of, of play. Yeah. Yeah. I think like all of them are valuable because uh, I think when I first started learning improv, it was kind of like, oh, anything's okay. Just go and follow your whatever. Uh, but I was not a person that could do that. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I was like a very reserved person, very shy, didn't have much like emotional intelligence or social skills. 
so like you know I, I threw myself at that type of improv for like three years and it was just like uh, utterly awful terrible like a confidence destroying experience uh and then like I, I did ucb and like just how they had it very structured and like broken down and then the idea that like they had this clear artistic vision and everything that you would see was curated to that vision yeah. kind of like in my brain helped me be like oh like I can, I can understand this now because it's much more formulaic. It's much more, um, uh, like kind of broken down. It's and more mechanical and like technical. Uh, and then because you could see that stuff on stage, you, it was like learning that became a lot yeah. easier. And yeah. it, I think then I like took leaps and bounds in my ability to improvise and, you know, and then I could have come back to the other stuff and figure that out I later. I think that's really yeah. right on too. So I think like yeah. all of these spaces, you know, everybody's going to, bloom in one of these gardens yes. yeah yeah i i love yeah. that idea i think everyone it's about what kind of garden and gardener mm -hmm. you most gravitate toward and i thought when i first came to new york probably like everyone that i was like oh the ucb is is improv yeah i'm gonna go there and i just happened to walk into the pit but i once i got there i'd never i just never really made it out anywhere else and it wasn't because i was in a lot of demand at the pit or like, you know, I mean, uh, embraced. It was just that, like my sensibility, this sort of like love of, I don't know, messy. I don't know. I don't even know how to put it, but there's something yeah. about it that just felt like, yeah, it really felt like I could walk in and lay my bike on the ground and they'd be like, oh, I guess there's a bike here now. There's something about that, that I really respond to that feels to me like, what art well, this thought is coming to mind it's like if you walk if you if you're in the movie hook and you go into the lost boys kind of layer or whatever it kind of feels like chaos and anarchy mm. but that isn't truly what's going on they do have an order and they do have but it's sort of like grown more organically yeah it's not someone setting down rules it's like they've kind of chaos themselves into these systems that work this or this like a tributaries that yeah. that work for them that, that's, i like that yeah i don't i don't have much else to say about that i guess <laughs> it's kind of like it's very lord of the flies at the pit <laughs> yeah i think it really is but i i do i do I, love that i don't know i mean i i wasn't around the pit for the pre-pandemic era but i think post-pandemic i think the people there are trying to do a lot more to you know give it productive structure but also not lose the spirit of this is a space for anyone to try anything yeah i mean yeah and that's a that's a tough balance to do but i'm sure the, the pit can handle it. it still feels pretty similar to that now what what are the for you like as a teacher now chris i feel like we haven't really gotten into like all the stuff that you make all the stuff well you we've made got about bankrupt. 12 minutes left so <laughs> and and all the you know all the all those wonderful shows you made and the play you just did with rich Holloman. Yeah, yeah um you'll have to have me back i will absolutely have you back but i do i am interested for you yeah if you have like a one-hour session with people who are like what is improv what are we supposed to know about i don't even i mean this is a great question because i don't even know that like yeah. now i ha having not taught it for a while now coming back to teach it and off were you teaching now at the barrow group Woo. um i you know i think it I, I talk about play um i talk about i mean in general the big um like um epiphanies that i had 
as a teacher were that in improv we should try to aim to be um, kinder, more curious, and more generous in the scenes than in our real life. Mm. That those lead to connection, and comedy is about connection. And that's Ali. That's an Aliism. Mm. Comedy is about connection. We think it's often about conflict. Um, comedy is about connection, and I think. Those are things that are like actionable and doable and easy to aim for, right? It's not about being funny or clever or fast. Oh, I'll be kind. I'll be more curious than I might normally be. I'll be more generous. If someone needs something, I can do it. Um, and the byproduct is when you stop doing that on stage, you have built those muscles, mm. right? It's the same way with yes and or like trying to avoid questions or looking out for questions. They begin to like, glow in the in real life like oh I, I said yes and here or i didn't say yes and or i said but the same thing it's like my default slowly becomes being someone who is more connective to or aware or present if you have a question in your eyes i will notice it children if there's something you do not understand i will see it and i will punish you because that means you have not studied if you have a question in my eyes like a hawk watching each of you children in this classroom. Um, uh, Mr. Devlin, you have your question. Um, it's like, uh, I guess more of like a comment. All right, Denzel. Um, do you want me to just look at you, or should I say it with my my mouth? Say what you say what you want. Add something to the conversation. Oh, you said but if it's a question, <laughs> no questions. Only a pupil that is bad would ask a question. Okay. Um, no comment. Look at Good. me. Look at me. Basil? Yes. You? I have a question. Why uh, are you like this? I, Who made you like this? These are not points that are in the notes. It's because study. we are curious, not for the lesson, but for you. Adhere to the syllabi. Adhere to the syllabi. Don't. We have no time. Denzel? Um, I, have, I have a question for uh, Basil. Yes. Um, this is cross, this is cross uh, questioning, uh, across a okay. lateral questioning. I have a comment to you, Mr. Devlin. I'd like to um, make a make a question to Basil. Let him do it. Let him let him speak his mind. Basil, your eyes somehow spin like a, there's a fiery spinning in your eyes. I want to know. You are a child. I want to know. I am an adult. I want to know. <laughs> yes, Denzel. Uh, Mr. Devlin, my my comment still stands. Um, I would like to make a question towards... Just say it. Just say it. You prefer Basil? Allow me to take a yeah, posture Basil, of power Basil, and authority. Basil. Yes, you may ask. Just know that I am in a wide stance of power and authority. It's, it's say what you need to say. Um, wow, it's so wide I can see your socks. Your pants are riding up because your stance is so wide. <laughs> My pants are appropriately hemmed. Um, Basil. Basil. Yes. I was wondering if uh, maybe you want to come to my house for a play date. Yeah, I'd uh, like to do that. It's fine. Do you, do you like to play 
Warcraft? Yeah, I play okay. Warcraft. All right, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a war. I'm a, I'm a guy with a, I have a, a helmet. Yeah, yeah, nice. I got a staff. Oh. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll play. We'll play. Okay. Thank you. But I wanna, Hopefully I wanna come back to hours of play. You'll find a moment to get in a, a mere moment of study. Well, we, we wow, can, your legs are wide, Miss. Yeah, we can see you sweating. Do you think that this is real power? <laughs> Do you feel potent and capable? I am the adult. I am the authority. I've been granted the authority by the commissioner and the superintendent of children. Yes, ah, uh, Mister Denzel. Um, you're splitting so much that your, uh, uh, testicles are touching the floor. We are actually taller than you now. I don't understand. You were both in the back row earlier, and now you're in the front row. Yeah, we're, we're slowly getting closer. Um, kind of, probably as our awareness is growing, and, you know, we're building a friendship. Yeah. Um, metaphorically, we're growing in power. And also physically, we're moving closer to you. I'm going and to I'm sit on you. Curious about, yeah, how, how keep your splits. Don't together. use my head as a seat. Go to the board and do the arithmetic problem of three plus seven. Ten. I'm going to touch your what? tongue. I'm going to touch your tongue with my thumbs. <laughs> do you see? Do you see? Children, I'm evaporating. Oh, no. Oh, he melted. Ah. Uh. The fragility of ego. Scene. Beautiful. <laughs> wow. What poetry. All right. I, I love, uh, I, I want to say I do love that idea of, uh, I tell you, uh, this is a moment in, I don't remember when this happened, but it blew my mind. I was thinking about the idea that people do improv as like a way to, like, a, as a way to, build themselves and grow as just as a person. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's yeah. a lot of people who do improv just for personal development. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's often kind of like parlays or, or deviates or grows or evolves into spiritual development. Yeah. And I was thinking about that and I didn't know how to look anything up about that. So I just Googled it and I went to the, wikipedia for improv that's in the wikipedia entry for improv that people use it for personal and spiritual development yeah i can my own personal experience of improv i think has been largely that is yeah that's 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 fascinating one of i mean one of my other i mean i think of yes and as the creative spark right that is in any in any art or in any the, discipline, the mind blown sign here, galaxy brain bitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had, I, I was, I did mushrooms, and I was walking through the woods, and I came across like a graveyard, and there was, well, first I saw like moss. On I just want to say this is a very Roberti story. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I came across a graveyard, and there were like a lot of graves for like little young babies old mm-hmm. an old graveyard and then i laid down on a trampoline and i looked like there were tendrils of grass and i was like nature just makes offers there's a trampoline in a graveyard it was next it was oh, okay, the oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um they would bounce the corpses <laughs> into, yeah. the the, into the grave into the grave yeah, yeah one last play time and, <laughs> yeah. yeah and um so i was thinking 
oh, nature just makes offers. That's all it does. And some of it, I mean, this is the biblical, like, you know, the fertile soil, the seeds that mm. land on, mm. on uh, sand or stone or fertile soil. Yeah. And it's just making offers. And if, if something gets yes ended, it will grow. And Yeah, there was um, an NPR article written a couple months ago about a study that was published, I think 2020 or 2021, where a bunch of psychologists did improv with you know their group therapy people mm-hmm. and found that it like significantly increased their ability to like communicate their confidence their desire to interact with other people yeah. and all these things and i it's like largely what you're saying and i think it's like the culture of yes and like um it's like the ultimate validation yeah like a lot of people that you know they they might be have like struggled because like they weren't validated in the way that they needed to but like improv built into it has validation which it is really i mean yeah. it is and i tell students like the biggest job is just to take care of the animal of on, that's on stage with you is to soothe them kind curious generous does all of that so, because i feel like we all operate much better when we're comfortable mm-hmm. as actors and yeah. as artists and if i i i, I can't comfort myself necessarily certainly as a beginning improviser i couldn't but i can comfort i mean mm-hmm. that's like i have your back i think what it means is i can comfort you i can let you know I'm, i like your ideas yeah. even if yeah. i don't yeah right it's to make you feel like i like you and i like what's happening i think that allows mm-hmm. my uh i work in the mental health space and my boss is a psychiatrist slash former buddhist monk and he, he one thing that he said about like one of the few things that we don't really understand about confidence is that um you don't really ever build confidence. It's kind of more like you rediscover it. But like one of the ways that you rediscover it is people that you are confident in have confidence in you. Mm. And like the idea of like, I got your back and we're yes anding each other. And you're like, you know, you treat your partner like a genius. Like yeah. if you truly have the confidence that they're going to take care of you and then realize that, oh, they, they feel the same way about me. Yeah. You will feel confident in yourself. Yeah. Unreal. Um, okay. We're down to the last minute. How can people find you, and what is the thing of yours do you want them to see? You have a lot of cool material online. I, the thing that I think I'm most proudest of is uh, called the Humane Society, and you'll see Ralph on the Humane Society. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to find it by like Libby Brothers slash web series. Libby Brothers <laughs> right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Christopher Birdie. Yes, the Humane um, Society, a wonderful web out. series, like a video poems that are funny and there is po- yeah there's a poem in every episode so i guess i am a poet God damn. Yeah. yes <laughs> um and uh yeah we all right this is uh this has been no suggestion i'm ralph jean pierre jake joseph who hosts a jam weekly at the pit check yep. him out i think it's going to be on wednesdays now instead of it's, thursdays it's going to be thursdays PM. until uh for a little while but thursdays at 5 p.m at the pit yeah yeah and uh, that's it. This has been No Suggestion. We love you guys. Good night. Bye. Bye.